Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello, and here we are again today with a leader in highlight radio program. Women in Electronics is a nonprofit organization set up in the electronic component industry for the talent development and advancement of women in the industry. And with that, I have a guest today that I'm very excited to have on our program, Graham Kilshaw from Electrics. Hi, Graham. How are you? Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I am great. I'm so um, honored that you're able to join us today and would love to have a conversation with you because um, we met you and I at a ERA show and we had had some conversations. So I thought this would be a great interview. So first of all, I'd like to introduce all of our listeners to you as CEO of Electrix. And, and really, you're a specialist in marketing in the electronic component industry, which is super needed and a, a niche that we definitely need in the industry. So with that though, I wanted to ask you, how is it that you fell into the electronic component industry with your marketing background? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on, Jackie. I'm, I'm the one that's honored. You've had a great lineup of uh, podcasts so far and I'm very pleased to join you today. Um, how did I fall into it? Well, I had a marketing background before I got into electronics. Um, I used to work for a couple of the British newspapers before I came to the States in the mid-90s. I worked for Walt Disney Company for a few years. So I had a background in marketing before I got into the family business of what was previously the company known as Item Media in the late 90s. And we became Electrics about uh, five years ago, roughly. Um, so it was it was a family business that I acquired, and that's how I really got into the electronics industry way back in the 90s. Well, that's really interesting. So I think you and I had a conversation that really sparked my interest, and I think I brought it up to you a f few times. So I wanted to kind of review that with you because me having a career in the industry, so many people that are listening, we always see that um, gap a lot of times between marketing and sales. Like a lot of times internally at a company, there's kind of this tension with marketing and sales. So I thought I would also ask you about that. And, and what do you see in that area with the new way of digital marketing and sales? How do you see this whole disparity and, and what are some solutions sure. we can take moving forward? Yeah, so, you know, the electronics industry is a little unique. I mean, if you, if you compare it to a couple of other industries, you know, they, they typically have their sales and their marketing um, efforts and organizations inside the company. Um, and, and even if you look at, you know, software or pharmaceuticals or, or any other industry, there's, there's always been that natural tension between sales and marketing groups anyway. In our industry, it's a little different because a lot of our sales and marketing is, is outsourced through reps and distributors. And that kind of creates an extra challenge in terms of putting together marketing programs and deciding who's responsible for what, who's responsible for the lead generation, for example, who's responsible for the follow-up, who's responsible for the strategy. You know, when you've got three different organizations, that, that's, I think, what adds to the, to the particular challenge that we find here in the electronics industry. Um, 
I think it's moving forward in a good direction now. And, and in a strange kind of way, the pandemic has really forced a lot of companies to, to reassess and take a second look at their go-to market strategy and realize, I think, what we've seen in the last six months for certain is that the digital piece of it the digital piece of going to market is really now coming to the fore. Companies are realizing, wait, we can't get on planes, we can't go to trade shows and conferences. How do we connect and engage with new customers? It, it's pretty much a given. It's got to be a digital strategy. So the marketing is getting a lot more focused now. Um, and in terms of how it ties the sales and marketing together, this is a this is sort of a mission of Electrix, I would say, is that we've spent a couple of years now working on. Um, how to track the marketing expenditure against the sales results. Um, and if anybody would like a copy, just shoot you or me a message. I'll send them a case study we recently released about three months ago for uh, one of our clients, Schaffner, which actually shows you that the methods of actually tying the sales and marketing together are now absolutely doable. You can really track specific pieces of marketing against specific pieces of business. So all the tools are in play now. So this is kind of a very exciting time for marketing in the electronics industry. As far as engaging the end user though, this is a big area, every company, every aspect of the channel, we're all trying to sell to our end users. Um, what are some of the creative approaches that we could take and what are some of the new ways of looking at things that we just haven't considered in the past? Yeah. This truly is a very interesting area, and it's kind of where the marketing gets to be fun. Everybody's chasing the Zoom meeting, okay? Everybody's trying to get the prospective client to the Zoom meeting or the existing client to a Zoom meeting to discuss future business. Getting that prospect or, or existing client to that meeting is a whole other challenge. How do you do that? Some of the creative ways I've seen companies do this include... Um, a Chicago component maker was sending frozen Chicago pizzas to prospects saying, here's dinner for the family. And they sent them a ginormous Chicago deep dish pizza, of course. And then asking the uh, prospective client, hey, whilst you're feeding the family dinner, can we get 15 minutes with you? I saw one just last week. And this is where it starts to get even more person to person as opposed to just B2B. One of my colleagues at Electrics received an email that said, hey, Jeff, we noticed that you're very interesting in hiking. We're going to ship you the latest backpack for hiking. I hope you like it. If you don't, please donate it. Meanwhile, could we have a 15-minute Zoom meeting with you? So that person-to-person -person approach is a key part of the creativity. We've seen people um, do Grubhub cards where they personalize the Grubhub card with the logo of the company that they're trying to connect with. Lots and lots of ways to do this. And if your listeners want some ideas, there's two platforms which are really specializing now in these personalized gifts. Um, one is called Sendoso, S-E-N-D-O-S-O, -S -O, and the other one's called Alice, spelled A-L-Y-C-E. Um, look at Sendoso and Alice, and you'll get some great ideas there on how you can get creative about inviting your customers to that critical Zoom meeting that, that really is the holy grail for everybody right now. Well, that's really good information. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I really liked your concept too of humanizing Zoom. I think what I've noticed is even before the pandemic, 
I always worked from home kind of more. And if there was, say, a dog barking in the background or a kid was coming in the room, it would be like, oh, my goodness. But now I think in this day and age where everybody's pretty much working from home, there's more opportunity to be a little more human, right? And to yes. sometimes a child's going to walk in the room. Sometimes a dog's going to bark. But it doesn't mean that business has to stop or it doesn't mean anybody has to be embarrassed. It just means that that human element comes forward, right? Sure. Yeah, I think there's a there's a balance here that we're all trying to strike right now, Jackie, between the the unintended consequences of working from home with the dog walking in or the kids walking in and so on. And I think most people kind of accept that right now. Um, but I think there's also on the other side of the balance, my prediction is that in the next several months, people will start to get a little tired of the unplanned uh, parts of the Zoom meeting, which should be planned in advance. But what I'm talking about is things like be on the Zoom meeting five or 10 minutes before it starts so that you can test out your technology. Because we all hit the tech challenges when we get on to, to a meeting. You know, maybe you change your headset or your microphone. I'm talking about having your slides ready and prepared instead of fishing around your desktop trying to find the picture. But also have, have the meeting planned. You know, we do all do a lot of Zoom every day right now. One thing I saw very recently in a creative way that I thought was just awesome is it was a long meeting and when we got to about the 45 minute mark, the host said, okay, everybody, seventh inning stretch. And everybody just stood up, did a couple of minutes of this, you know, stretch arms, stretch legs, you know, roll your neck around, roll the shoulders, feel a little bit more energy, get the blood flowing. And then we sat down and continued with the meeting. And boy, it worked. I was so impressed with it. Um, but even within those platforms like Zoom, there, there are tools which I think people should get creative with and, and still manage some of the unplanned stuff like the breakout room feature, which Zoom has. Mm -hmm. That's a tremendous way to, to organize the meeting and keep everybody engaged. So yeah, you've got to get creative. We're all good with the unplanned stuff, but come prepared, I think is the, is the message from me. Wow. I think that is an excellent point. And I also think people giving uh, the courtesy of time. So ending a meeting 10 minutes before the hour, as you were saying, so that people oh, can yeah. hop on to the next meeting. And also the other thing too is not over scheduling. And I'm definitely um, have to catch myself with this one, but scheduling too many Zoom calls in a day because then you end up working so late because you have all the follow-up. <laughs> yeah. So yep. yes, being conscious of time. But, you know, I also wanted to talk to you about something else. And I think you kind of created this concept. And I remember like stopping in my tracks one time when, when you said this word. But I wanted to just review this with you. So you were talking about the concept of upsourcing because hmm. we were talking about outsourcing marketing and things like that. But you referred to it as upsourcing. So I wanted to throw that out to you and have you explain that to our listeners. Sure. Upsourcing. It's kind of a word we're, we're using more and more around electrics in terms of the value that we create for customers. Again, if you look at the specifics of the electronics industry and in, and in particular the components industry, you have the manufacturer. A lot of the sales is done through distributors and reps. Some of some of the marketing is done through the distributors. So there is there is sort of a little bit of a sort of a disconnect there, or at least the potential for disconnect. Um, and because the manufacturers typically don't have as large a marketing team as, say, other industries, and I always use the examples of, of software and pharmaceutical, 
then you're sort of challenged with, well, okay, well, where am I going to get the skills now that I'm, if I'm recognizing that my go-to-market strategy needs to become more digital, where am I going to get the people and the skills? And critically, where am I going to get people who actually understand the industry? It, it's a very frequent conversation for us to talk to clients and in particular new clients when they discover that Electrix is a specialist in the electronics industry to realize that having marketing people who really understand that three-legged stool of manufacturer rep distributor who understands a little bit at least about the technology who understands the dynamics of the industry that plays a critical role so so you really want to have that experience in the skill set that you hire so the upsourcing piece is really we see a way for companies not to just think of outsourcing their marketing and settling for second best but upsourcing and actually getting a better set of skills a wider set of skills by outsourcing it because if you if you did some simple math let's say you're going to hire two or three people you're going to spend probably two to three hundred thousand dollars all told between benefits and salaries and so you're going to get the skill sets of two or three people uh, if you're talking about full-time employees if you outsource it or as we call it you upsource it and you use an external agency like Lectrix and there are others like us um, then you're going to get the skill set of 12 to 15 people for the same or less money and with so much change going on in the marketing industry right now um, you know one year it's video the next year it's social media and so on and so on and so on having access to an agency where there's that constant dynamic change of skill sets available to you is a much better way to kind of match the market and and the way that your customers are engaging we think than having two or three permanent employees got their own skills but unless they're constantly training and changing then you know you can kind of get behind the wave a little bit does that, that make sense yes and uh, to tell you the honest truth it makes so much sense to me because i do think when you look at marketing people they're trained in marketing but when you look at our industry it can be a very complicated channel if you don't know it yeah. well and if you bring in a skilled marketing person and they don't know the channel, it's kind of like you're defeating your purpose in a way. So the, the, the education to get them up to speed of where they need to understand the industry in order to market those products properly, there's that learning curve. So I, I really, yeah, I really like the idea of a company like yours that understands sales, digital sales, combining marketing, a marketing company that actually knows the industry. I, I actually think that upsourcing concept is really valuable for our industry but as we're wrapping it up um i have one more question for you and sure. that is just to for your perspective like here we are women in electronics right and um where we are in the industry how we're making headway in a male-dominated industry although we unite very nicely and work well with our male colleagues we do have certain leadership issues that we face as women what is your take on that? What do you see moving forward for an organization like Women in Electronics? So I think there's kind of two questions there. You know, the impact of that really as far as, you know, manufacturers and distributors in particular go. Listen, hiring in our industry is hard. It's not easy. You know, just look at the upsourcing conversation we just had. But think about any aspect of the organization, whether it's sales, marketing, 
and so on and so on. If it's hard to hire, then, and if you look at the US population, 51% women, 49% men, in my eyes, why would you ignore 50% of the potential talent pool when you're looking at putting the best skills into your organization? I'm not sure I'm going to be very good at actually answering, Jackie, because quite frankly, I don't get it. Companies that you know naturally tend to just hiring men because of the you know natural tendency towards STEM and so on. To me, it just doesn't make sense. You know, there's an incredible talent pool, both in terms of sales, marketing, and engineering amongst women these these days, and it's growing. So I think any company that realizes they've got a mindset which favors towards men is is really missing 50% potentially of the of the talent pool um, and I got a little tip here particularly for maybe some of the smaller organizations but this is something I've done for the last 15 years is identify women that are returning to the workforce usually after raising a family I can think we're only 15 people and I can think of four women in particular who've worked for Electrix, still do, and some who've come and left and gone on to other things, who were trying to return to the workforce but didn't want to work 40 hours a week because they still had kids in elementary school, high school, middle school, or whatever. They really needed flexibility. For me, as a small business, that was perfect because I didn't want to hire a full-time employee quite then. Um, so it was, a, it was a great budget benefit for me to hire women who wanted flexible hours, work from home, come in, leave whenever you want. You know, we were very much focused on just achievement of projects and goals. And so I found this talent pool and I realized after a couple of years, this is a great way to manage budget for a small business and at the same time find this incredible talent. So, you know, that, that's my tip for small and mid-sized businesses, I would say, where they don't need a full-time employee. Well, it's a really good point. And on the other side of that too, women who are looking to retire and, and still want to contribute. So sure. hiring uh, women um, in that regard as well. But we are out of time today. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. Graham, it's been really nice talking to you. And really you an, another guest though we had on our program, I was gonna say to end this session, she talked about when times are down, doubling down on your marketing is her one of her biggest strategies she's always employed. And so I did want to reach out to our listeners and say, this might be a great strategy to employ right now is not removing the budget, but doubling down on the budget, considering a company like Electrix who knows the electronic component industry, who has the capability to get to that end user through combining the sales and marketing efforts. So Thank you for what you're doing in our industry to help us innovate and get Pleasure. to our end users. And we appreciate you being here. Jackie, thanks so much for having me on today. Thanks for being here. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.